Chapter Twenty Three of An Unwilling Guest by Grace Livingston Hill. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Like Many Waters. Chapter Twenty Three A Gleam of Light. Evelyn lay down in the afternoon and supposed that her guest was doing the same. Each would have been surprised could she have known that the other was studying the Bible. Evelyn had not yet returned the Bible her brother had loaned her, and had it now, half concealed under her pillow, ready to put out of sight in case any one knocked at the door. She wanted to see if she could anywhere find rest for her poor, weary soul. The service that morning had only reminded her of the service she had attended some months before, and she had been unable to fix her thoughts on the sermon, if perchance there had been some crumb of comfort for her in it she lay there on her bed turning the leaves in bewilderment catching a word here and there now and then lingering over a phrase that sounded promising but yet not knowing how to go about the reading of so great a book to begin at the beginning and read it through was a task she could not wait for she tried it for a few minutes but just now she seemed too heartsick to care how the world was formed and light and man and sin came she did not know where to turn to find the great physician to heal the sin-sick soul she had gotten a little more than halfway through the book in a desultory way when her brother knocked on the door evelyn he said in what he endeavored to make an indifferent tone of voice if you are through with that bible of mine i will take it i want to look up a point after the book was gone she lay back on the pillow letting the sad tears trickle down her cheeks, and felt miserable. She knew not why. Her life seemed all black before her. And yet it was not changed in outward appearance one whit from what it had been a year ago, when she had thought herself as happy as any mortal living. In the next room sat Allison with her Bible. She did not attempt to conceal from herself that she was homesick at this hour. She was not used to Sunday afternoon naps her boys were gathering now she brought each chair and its occupant before her as her classroom filled and she went over the lesson she had begun to study when evelyn's invitation had arrived there were things in that lesson that seemed just fitted for bert and fred and a few others how she would enjoy being there to teach it why was it that when one loved a work so much she must be torn away from it and sent to another place which was not congenial true she was having a good time in many ways but of what use was it going to be to her would it not rather tend to make her own life less near to god all this excitement and sight-seeing and worldliness about her well it was strange but she must not question god's way for her a little printed slip fell out from the leaves of her bible her mother had placed it there last sunday night as she took her bible upstairs and had written on one corner dear child and it read god's plans for thee are graciously unfolding and leaf by leaf they blossom perfectly as you fair rose from its soft unfolding in marvellous beauty opens fragrantly allison studied the lines a few minutes with a gentle longing in her face which in her heart meant she would try to be what she knew her mother yearned to have her be then she resolutely put aside all thoughts of her class it would not do she must trust them to god 
and to try to do what he would have her do here. She turned to the topic for the young people's meeting and began studying that, and then growing restless as one or two hymns occurred to her that would certainly be sung at the home meeting that evening because they fitted so perfectly with the central thought of the subject. She stole softly into the hall and down to the music room. There was no one there as she had supposed. It was growing dusky in the room. The heavy draperies of the hall door made deep shadows, and the open fire played fantastically with the gathering twilight over the keys of the piano. Allison sat down at the piano, and her fingers touched the keys lovingly. She did not need the light to show her the chords. Her hands knew where to find them. She was no skilled musician, and she knew it. But there were dear old tunes by the hundred stored up in her memory, and her fingers could unlock and bring them forth in sweet melody from the instrument at will. Neither did she need the music usually to guide her. Softly she played, lest any one should hear her and be disturbed, songs she loved, touching and tender melodies, or triumphant strains. One after another they followed, flowing into their key over the soft chords, and as she grew more used to being there alone, she let her voice join softly, and the words came distinctly in the quiet room. My God is an ear so sweet, from blush of morn to evening star, as that which calls me to thy feet, the hour of prayer. Then is my strength by thee renewed, then are my sins by thee forgiven, then dost thou cheer my solitude, with hopes of heaven no words can tell what sweet relief here for my every want i find what strength for warfare balm for grief what peace of mind hushed is each doubt gone every fear my spirit seems in heaven to stay and even the penitential tear is wiped away nor till i reach yon blissful shore no privilege so dear shall be as thus my inmost soul to pour in prayer to thee before allison had half finished this hymn she became aware of the presence of some one else nearby she could not tell if in the room or only in the hall she had seen the faint light from the hall gas flicker out some minutes before it could be only the butler or marie it might be that her little song would drop a seed of good into a listening heart it could do no harm. She would not stop. But as she came to the last verse, she felt that someone stood in the doorway by the heavy curtains. It startled her and made her voice quiver slightly, for she had been feeling the words as she spoke them, and it had been in reality, as in form, a prayer. It was not quite pleasant to be thus made self-conscious again. But she turned on the stool with the last sound, and saw Richard Rutherford, standing with bowed head listening may i come in 
he said gravely. I could not resist the sound. It was very sweet. Go on, won't you, and let me sit here and listen. Oh, no, I couldn't, said Allison quickly. I am not a singer, and I was only taking myself back to our meeting for a little while. Do they all sing like that there? Then it must be a wonderful meeting, and I do not wonder you spoke as you did this morning. Please go on. Take me to your meeting, too. A little while, won't you? I have never been, and I should enjoy it. Now you must certainly go on, for you will drive me back again to my room, and I do want to hear another song. You will not refuse, will you? Allison had been brought up to accede to requests, if possible, without making a fuss, and so, though she would rather have done almost anything than sing her poor little songs before this city gentleman, she turned back to the piano. After a few gentle chords, she gathered courage from the sound and went on, her voice low and sweet and tender, but every word clear-cut and distinct, in Whittier's matchless hymn. We may not climb the heavenly steeps To bring the Lord Christ down In vain we search the lowest deeps For him no depths can drown But warm, sweet, tender, even yet A present help is he and faith has still its olivet and love its galilee the healing of the seamless dress is by our beds of pain we touch him in life's throng and press and we are whole again o lord and master of us all whatever our name or sign we own thy sway we hear thy call we test our lives by thine she touched more soft chords trying to think of another song the music had somehow reached her soul and made her willing to go on since he seemed to wish it perhaps he needed a song as well as the butler might she be the humble instrument through which it should come? Suddenly he interrupted her. You sing those words as if you meant every one from the bottom of your soul, he said curiously. Why, I do, she answered, facing about toward the couch where he sat gazing into the fire. Of course I do. I could not live if I did not believe and mean it all. It must be a wonderful thing to be able to believe all that. I have thought so for a long time. I would give a great deal if I did. He spoke with so much earnestness that Allison was almost startled. She recognized at once that here was no trifler. The instinct for souls was keen in her. It was as if one of her rough boys sat before her, and she forgot her fear and awe of the city young man. There is a way, she said softly. He looked up quickly. What do you mean? There is a way to test it, to make yourself sure. God has given a way. It is so very simple that there are many, like Naaman, who will not even put it to the test. What is it? he asked, half wistfully. I'm afraid I don't know enough about Naaman to know what kind of a fool you are comparing me to. Why, Naaman was a leper who was told to wash seven times in the Jordan, and he would be made whole. 
and he was so angry that there had not been some hard thing given him to do that he started back home again without even trying it until one of his servants urged that it would do no harm to make the test i see he was a fool of course he got well i remember now but what is it you would have me do if any man will do his will he shall know of the doctrine whether it be of god or whether i speak of myself quoted allison solemnly and then after a moment's pause and ye shall seek me and find me when ye shall search for me with all your heart and you mean that i am to go about doing the will of god just as if i were sure of it all yes allison breathed softly and the promise will not fail he looked at her earnestly and steadily and said not a word no more words came to her she turned back to the piano and began softly playing again and presently sang father in thy mysterious presence kneeling fain would our hearts feel all thy kindling love for we are weak and need some deep revealing of trust and strength and calmness from above evelyn was heard coming down the stairs then and in a moment more she spoke by the door of the drawing-room which opened from the music-room why papa is this you sitting here in the dark don't you want me to ring for john to light the gas the occupants of the music-room wondered how long he had been sitting there in the dark no daughter sit down here i have been listening to some sweet singing listen but allison in sudden panic stopped playing and left the piano-stool altogether oh i am afraid i have broken the spell said evelyn coming in but let us all sing something now father will like that i am sure they sang a little while but richard suddenly stopped them by looking at his watch isn't it about time we had some lunch i have a mind to ask you and miss gray to go with me to hear another kind of preaching to-night if you both care to do so i'll warrant you one thing you will not go to sleep for i have heard him and he named a preacher whose fame had reached hillcroft long ago and whom allison had often longed to hear it was something new for that family to attend church twice on sunday mr rutherford joined them once more it seemed to him pleasant this little family life that had been springing up in his lonely household lately evelyn was growing more like her mother or was it like his own mother whom he could dimly remember whose life had left its impress upon him even though she left the earth when he was but a lad he sat listening critically and with interest to the preacher allison's face was full of eagerness her eyes shone with enthusiasm and her cheeks glowed the young man by her side could not help watching her as well as he could by an occasional sidelong glance it was something new to have some one about who took everything in this fresh fervent way he could see that this preacher did not put her to sleep and that she would have a very different adjective from the morning ones with which to express her approval in glancing at allison he caught a glimpse of his sister's profile beyond he was suddenly struck by the grave sadness that it expressed and wondered what it meant was she too stirred by the same jesus who was speaking to his heart and if so what had been the moving influence this girl by his side very likely 
what straightforward trust seemed to be hers how quickly she had been able to give a plain direction and it was simple enough too he supposed if one could but make up the mind to try it then he gave his attention to the sermon which was aglow with eloquence and earnestness evelyn's sad eyes had been fixed on the preacher as she had been listening in a half-hearted way thinking much of the time of her own unhappiness all at once the speaker caught her attention his voice changed to a tender pathos he was reciting a poem she discovered and these were the words that came to her ear though she could not have told their connection with the rest of the discourse the cross shines fair and the church bells ring and the air is peopled with holy things yet the world is not happy as the world might why is it why is it oh answer me what lackest thou world for god made thee of old why thy faith gone out and thy love grown cold thou art not happy as thou mightest be for the want of christ's simplicity it is blood thou lackest thou poor old world who shall make thy love hot for thee frozen old world thou art not happy as thou mightest be for the love of dear jesus is little in thee poor world if thou cravest a better day remember that christ must have his own way i mourn thou art not as thou mightest be but the love of god would do all for thee the words were exquisitely recited and the house was still in that hush that comes over even a quiet audience when the speaker has his hearers more than usually within his power these few words that followed before the close of the sermon impressed the thought embodied in the last verse evelyn was deeply affected by it and as a drowning person will catch at anything that seems to be able to give support so she had caught at this poem while the preacher repeated solemnly the last four lines she fastened them in her memory if thou cravest a better day remember that christ must have his own way and but the love of god would do all for thee would it how and how could christ have his own way was she hindering she resolved to do all within her power to discover end of chapter twenty three